You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Jackson. The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is the Harson era, officially, and you are tuned in to the Auburn Twitter's own only official podcast of record, the Orange and True Podcast. Harbored by your friends at collegeandmagnolia.com. It is I, Drew Crows, and at Center Crow 2 on Twitter, at Center Crows, where you find me on Vidmo. If you have any complaints, that's where you need to reach out. Joining me tonight, as always, the rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for staring at 0-2 in basketball. Yikes. Also, via the magic of Skype and the internet, through the ether, a man who knows all about ether, the AU chief. So, Also on the line today, we've got James Jones. Good evening. And the harbinger of good hoops tidings, the ghost of hoops mispresent, Dr. Will McLaughlin. Very Sharif. I think that's – I'm just going to call you Ghost of Hoops was present forever. I don't care if it's Christmas. I mean it, technically it's Christmas. Two more days. we got Christmas and then we have the epiphany officially. But we're going to we're gonna go with Hoops was present forever. My tree still know. up. It's still Christmas. Time is I don't a know if it's losing games. Crow, Crow, time is a flat circle. It's Christmas somewhere. Oh, that's true, man. I don't know. Aren't all circles flat? Mind blown. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess. Man, we're gonna have to, if, if that speech is correct, then this podcast exists again and again and again and again. And that is a fate worse than death in some ways. <laughs> tonight, we've got show notes, which means I can tell you what's coming up on the show tonight. We will talk somewhat in depth about Auburn's bizarre football-like substance that took place on the fourth on, on January 1. Uh, we will talk a little basketball. We might even talk ask some people about their opinion on the new football coach. We might even by the time we're recording this podcast there have been no hirings announced or even rumors of hirings announced in terms to fill in terms of filling out the coaching staff. Maybe by the time we get done knowing us that will be announced, maybe in full. So that's the hope, is that we record long enough that we can break that news live to, live to tape. So, Ryan, what? why did you put the Citrus Bowl on our show notes? Because I really don't want to talk about it. You know, it's there. I mean, we can at least acknowledge that it happened and move on, right? Mm, do we have to? You yeah. said it was a football-like substance. I prefer to think of it as like uh, – Football flavoring. It's not actually football, but man, you mean like banana flavored uh, candies? <laughs> it was about as uh, pleasing to the eyes as banana flavored candies are to the mouth. So yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'm gonna go on to a quick tangent on that. Do you know that banana flavoring is like comes from a gland in the beaver's butt? Well, that's also a uh, fake raspberry as well. Uh, is the beaver gland flavor? This is excellent. Beaver Which gland, means... beaver butt gland is what this football game reminded me of. To go back, <laughs> you're not a fan of beaver, there, girl. It's just fine. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Big beaver guy here. Not not really with the butt though. I shot a lot of beavers. Chief, I thought you were a Brennan Cox fan. I am. I love Cox. Bo Nix had a very What's Bo Nix. What's that got Nicks... to do with Beavers? Yeah. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. I just wanted to refresh the listeners. 
Bo Nix had a very Bo Nix game in this game. In that he was statistically not bad, but looked really bad. Yeah, there was visually <laughs> not his best game. Um, but again, it's difficult to judge a quarterback behind an offensive line that is as hapless and Keystone Cops like as Auburn's Ooh. offensive line has been. That's a great, uh, that's a great metaphor, analogy. Keystone analogy. Cops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even when the line, you know, maybe blocked the four people that were in front of them, we would, you know, have <laughs> our veteran running back completely ignore a blitzer on a third and long. Yeah. It's well, almost like they only practiced about four days before this, uh, before this whole thing happened. But. This is true, Chief, and, and that's a good point if every game didn't look <laughs> well, like they had only practiced four days before it this season. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. This we game like, looked a lot what? like almost every game we played, except we, we had like two games where we didn't look. Except the LSU game. The only game, only way this game looked different than most of the games this year is Bo Nix attempted 42 passes in this game. What's different there? He did that like. Most of the games this year. Well, I think I think Gustav Malzahn probably wouldn't have let that happen in the Citrus Bowl. I think there's there's be a better chance that Sean Shivers would walk out with like three inches shorter than Gun Bo Nix take forty two dropbacks. Yeah, that uh, man. There were forty three passes because what we don't have here in the show notes for behind the scenes is that Cord Sandberg was zero for one. Oh right. Uh, no, Court Sandberg was one for one. One for one. <laughs> for eight yards. And a higher oh. yards per attempt of Bo Nix. I don't know why he didn't <laughs> Court Sandberg came in, just put a little thing on film so he can now transfer as the news is broken yeah, this, today. That, forward, i got to put him with the players leaving list. Yeah, yesterday he announced he was transferring as a graduate transfer, which I am I'm hope, I'm hopeful that he gets to start somewhere. I don't know where that is going to be. Um, I don't know what it is he's hoping to accomplish, but I'm, I wish him all the best. Uh, just I maybe he's a, a little bit of a different scenery. Maybe he should consider Arizona state. Yeah, maybe he should. Do they need a 32 year old quarterback? Yeah. I think he's transferring to the champions tour for PGA. <laughs> I mean, would he be like, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't watch this sport. Full stop. But I yeah. watch it. I watch <laughs> I watch Auburn. I used to. But I know that Ryan, I know you, and I know James does and possibly will. Like, you guys watch three or four games a Saturday. Could you think of a league or a, star, a place where Court Samber could walk into a starting position? In, F- in FBS? In FBS. I don't I know if he math. would be handed the starting position, but I think he could compete at, like, Akron or – Maybe follow uh, our old buddy down to ULM. Where is where where is he from originally? Florida. So you're saying like his options to start would be to go to the three worst schools in FBS: Akron, ULM, and well, if he wants the best chance to start, sure. UMass. Well, he could do the reverse Grant Loy and go to uh, Bowling Green. Right. Don't wish that on him. Hey, they're both gone. I think oh, they okay. Both got I didn't fired. That. Please tell me they both got fired. I well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I I hope they didn't get fired because I will enjoy betting against them again next year. Mm-hmm. I can think of a school of Florida. Head coach at Bowling Green University. Oh, you see, wait. Well, you think he's going to go to U- USF? Don't you say? Sure. Why not? Yeah, they they need everything. Mm. <laughs> why not? Oh no. I mean, he's a he's a Sarasota Brayton kid, or you know, FAU. I don't know. I'm just throwing FIU, FAU, FAU. Look, I guys, Famu. you know who has a ton of success with transfer quarterbacks is Oklahoma. It's true. And you could go win a Heisman there next <laughs> year. Lincoln might be looking at looking for him. Lord, the last time a guy from this state from, from Oklahoma, and we'll send him Court Sandberg. The last time the guy that probably should have been starting left a school in this state, went to Oklahoma. He might should have won the Heisman. 
Should court? Are you saying court should have been starting this year? Well, yes, somebody on this <laughs> podcast. Yes, Ryan S. Starrett, the answer is yes. <laughs> I say that because I'm a Cord Sandberg fan. Crow says that because he just hates Bo Nix. Whoa, 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 whoa. I am hypercritical of Bo Nix, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it Bo Nix's fault that the running backs went 16 carries for 29 yards? Oh. <laughs> no. That's rough. Well, it isn't like Northwestern went into this game having given up a lot of rushing yards. What what have <laughs> we been doing in recruiting? That was a joke, are, by the way. Yeah. They gave three hundred and fifty to Ohio yeah. State. What have we been doing to in recruiting for the last four years? Wide receivers. And running backs. Just wide receivers. And running backs. And tight ends. The last couple of years. Oh, yeah, we have. Think about how many every running back, every running back that Auburn has that took a kicker, that took a carry this season was a four star or better. Every single one. Mm. Mark Anthony Richards is a four star or better. Sean Shiver is a four star. Tank Bigby is a five star. Well, Tank looked like a five star. Is DJ a three star? I think he was a four star. Was Shiver really a four star? Sean Shiver yeah. was. Yeah, chose the Auburn over Georgia. Baylor and TCU. It blows my mind that Sean Shivers was he a four star athlete? Like just the, the he size. He was an athlete. He was a four star athlete. Okay, yeah. the, si- the the size just makes me like I can't believe he was a four star. He was a four star <laughs> athlete. His his high school highlight tapes are very Noel Divine esque as well. According to rivals, DJ Williams was a three star. By the way, ah. Oh. Yeah, but his his uh, um, uncle bumps him up another star because it's you know. That's true. <laughs> so sorry, DJ Williams, who got carries in only this game, if I remember correctly, brought the average down. Hmm. Well, you know what? So recruiting wise, I would say running back not been the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, are we recruiting? I don't know. Maybe the guys in front of the running backs. Is there a reason we're getting these guys? Because nobody else actually wants them. Because the blue chip ratio of running back at Auburn is really good. The blue chip ratio of offensive line is 20%. According to Justin Ferguson, who wrote that amazing piece, if you aren't subscribed to the Auburn Observer, you probably should. He wrote a piece about the blue chip ratio just of offensive line recruiting and Auburn's 20%. And Alabama, for instance, is in the 80s. So what you're telling me is that out of five starting offensive linemen, one of them's a blue chip? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and that was uh, there was one that was a blue chip, and that was Nick Brahms. Mm. That was it. Keyword was uh, because he was not there this week. Yep. Yeah, and Nick Brahms, and you know, this is not necessarily saying he's a terrible player, but he's going pro in something other than. In sports, so that's yeah. not great for your one blue chip. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best, especially, off. yeah, especially if you look at, you know, the Ferg also did Ferg a breakdown did. of the blue chip ratio for each offensive line under Malzahn, and you can go ahead and guess what the best two seasons were. There were two seasons over sixty percent, and it's pretty obvious what the two were. Twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen, correct. That is correct. I'll be. Oh, man. Chief knows recruiting. Looks like that's how you beat Alabama and win the West. Regular, uh, just call me nerd from now on, boys. <laughs> I will say I've been watching a lot more high school football in the last year than ever before because it's broadcast on television here. And I figure that's like prime time on your main channels in Texas. It's on Fox Sports Southwest. It's on your regional, your regional Fox. And it's on like three or four different radio stations, though. That's the other issue. You can't like drive without listening to it. All right. Let's keep going. Yeah, that was way too much football talk. Yeah, it's a lot of gross. Well, trivia questions about football. Okay, well, let, Jesus. well let's do right. some coaching rumors. The coaching rumors, Kevin Steele will not return. Yeah, probably. I would go out on a limb and say uh, – well, I can't really go on the because Nerd, Nerd already did. <laughs> he already did it on the Twitter, so 
yeah, I, I would imagine the offensive, most of the offensive staff will not return either. Um, I'm just going to guess. Have, most have we of actually the staff heard about Chad Morris? That's true. As far as we know, Chad Morris is still the OC. <laughs> what a coup that would be for Chad Morris if you could figure out a way uh, to. For, hey, a former SEC head coach is your OC. What could go wrong? Keep getting them checks, Chad Morris. Well, he will for a few <laughs> guys, years. Guys, like three years. The buyout. We haven't talked about how Auburn fans bitched and moaned about Gus Malzahn's buyout. Have you seen what the buyout was at Texas for their staff? Oh, I, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah, the, the whole staff. It's, what is it, it's 34? Like, it's like $34 million. Yeah. Are, they, are they keeping the staff? <laughs> no, they, are, they fired they everybody. They Why? fired the whole staff. Jesus, oil, man. $34 million United States dollars. And that's the thing, like, Aubrey gets – just like talked all kinds of noise about like, Oh, how crazy is it that Auburn spent all that money during the pandemic? And no one's brought up that Texas dropped 34 large on firing a bunch of coordinators. And as Spencer Hall pointed out on Twitter, the Longhorn logo is owned by the athletic department and the university doesn't get to use it without permission. That's what that university is about. Not, and we get made fun of. We get talked like we care too much about sports. They jet-gated their coach. Legitimately. They had to have. <laughs> Twice. They jet-gated him with Urban, and then they jet-gated him with the guy they actually hired. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess the difference, uh, as pointed out by uh, Dr. Dr. Carvalho on, on the Twitter, uh, is that um, they didn't – they must have talked to Bill Battle and Nick Saban. And didn't go, you know, didn't go behind their back too. Sure, as we did, but still, you know, it's kind of I mean, like it was, so. James is probably the only NBA fan on this podcast that gets this. You know how like every year it turns up that it's a, uh, it's like free agency period starts and guys get signed within three seconds with these intricate yeah. contracts that they've already agreed to. You're like, wait a minute, how did these guys sign this contract in the first minute of free agency? Well, because they cheated and right. no one cares. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of the same deal where coaches can say that, oh, I haven't talked to anybody from right. school X. It's because the search firm, and this is what search firms do. Uh, They're a buff. Search firm reach out, reaches out to an agent because the agent, if a coach has one, which most do, Tony Elliott apparently is trying to get one, uh, Every coach has a list of schools like, hey, if this opens, ask me if I'm if I really want to jump to that right now. If I'm you know, this these are the list of jobs that I am interested Hmm. in. Um, And I'm sure Brian Harson had a list of schools in the SEC that said, if any of these open, I am interested. Please attempt to get me an interview. I bet most schools are like most coaches are like I want any SEC West non Mississippi job. <laughs> yeah, I think Harson just wanted any non Mountain West job. Yeah, that's yeah, what I think. He'd probably just like anything. No, because apparently the- he would been like, the, apparently, from what I read, Arizona like was there very interested. He was not interested. So then, like, he was not? just ready. Like, he's just scared of Herm Edwards. He he's one, great. He don't want to go to Pac-12. He wanted to go to the Southeast. Chief, Chief, are you doing a bit? Yes, I am. Okay, thank you. Tempe <laughs> is great. Or Tucson's great, where Arizona is. Tucson's yes. great. Tucson is actually, from what I hear, very nice. But Arizona doesn't have any money. Yeah. Oh, which is why yeah. they hired Jed Fish, who had How zero I... buyout and nobody wanted it. They were like, what? What has happened to Arizona? They were like the biggest, one of the biggest basketball brands out there, and then they spent a lot of money on Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, after spending a lot of money on Rich Rod. Yeah, and then there are two buyouts in now. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. There, where Auburn would be, had Malzahn been fired after (laughs) fifteen. But you're like, whoa, we just spent on this guy, and now we're spending on this guy. And that's one of the things people want to talk about, like, oh, we should have fired him after 15. Well, financially, it kind of would have been a drag to fire him after 15. Oh, his buyout wasn't as big as it is now. It still is. A, that's a lot of contracts you're eating back to back. 
All right. I, yeah. Rhino, let's do some trivia. Going to make you guys do the work on this one. Oh, uh, as per usual. And some nice wide receivers uh, leaving the program. You know, Eli Stowe, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz all go into the NFL. We're just not Auburn next year. Uh, tell me, who are the top 10 players and receptions in Auburn history? If you can just name them, I'll tell you what place they were Frank in. Frank Sanders. Frank Sanders is number nine. Terry Beasley. Terry Beasley is number three. Sorry, ben. number four. Ben Obamanu. No. Ryan no. Davis. Number one. Carson Sammy Bailey. Ooh, Carson, Carson Bailey, number three. Sammy Coates, no, not on the list. Courtney this Taylor. Is, yeah. Courtney Taylor, number two. All right, y'all got that four. Is this career? This is career receptions. Yes. Uh, Darvin Adams. Darvin Adams, number 11. Tzak. Was in the top 10 before this season. Yeah, uh, no Tzak. Appreciate Rodriguez. Man, y'all are really <laughs> reaching when there's some easy ones on the table. That, that was a appreciate Rodriguez. He what? He was my leading receiver uh, on one of the NCAA's though. We had a appreciate Rodriguez and Rodri- Rodriguez Smith in the same team. By the way. Mm. Hey, Rod yeah. Smith, number twelve. Now we're talking. Wow. <laughs> uh, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz, number ten in career receptions at Auburn University. Wow, that's crazy. Seth Williams. <laughs> Seth Williams, number seven. Eli Stowe. Oh, yeah. Eli, Eli. Stowe beats Seth number Williams, five. number six all time in career receptions. How many are we lacking still? Uh, just number eight. Uh, no, number five and number eight. Give us a hint on number five. Number five played from 93 to 97. That's before my time. Uh, uh, Tyrone Goodson. There it is. There you go. Is, uh, is Tim Carter on there? Tim Carter is not on here. Uh, number eight was on the national championship team. Yeah, Emory Blake. Emory Blake. There you go. Yeah. Austin, yeah. Texas. I mainly Emory just Blake. wanted to bring this up to say that for all the hype that we gave Seth Williams before the season, and you know, deservedly so, he's top 10 in receptions, yards, and touchdowns at Auburn. Uh, Eli Stowe beat him in career receptions. Eli Stowe played for a million years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's – so – we can conservatively list the quarterbacks that Eli Stove caught a pass from. It's uh, easier to list which ones he didn't catch a pass from. For sure, Jeremy Johnson, Sean John White, Davey John Franklin, third. Jarrett yeah. Stidham, Malik Willis. Maybe Malik Willis. Malik may not have gotten him one. Maybe Court Sandberg. No. <laughs> and Bo Nix. Yep. Maybe Woody Barrett. You think oh my God. You think Eli has some opinions on which one of those quarterbacks is any good? <laughs> <laughs> we should get him on the pod. Eli, which quarterback if you took balls from is the best one? We could probably phrase that a little better. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet yep. he, I bet he yep. would say Woody Barrett. Yep. Probably. Kent State legend Woody Barrett. Or, or, uh, Y'all know he's transferring again. He's still eligible. Well, yeah, yeah, this year was, was free. He, was he in the yeah. same class as uh, Eli? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. I went back and looked at that. Yeah, he was. Hey, or he was the year before. Um, yeah, he is transferring away from Kent State. Uh, I forget where he's going now, but Bring I remember he's in the portal again. I, sure. Joey Gatewood should transfer back. That's my opinion. Come on back. How did Joey – I, I watched zero uh, Kentucky football this year, which is a point of pride. Um, including when we played them? We or? played them. So I did watch a little. Since you then, saw Seth Williams just absolutely punk that one guy. That's true. I did watch that game. That was So I watched four quarters of Kentucky football. After that, how did Joey Gatewood play? Did he play? Not great. Um, not well. Hmm. Uh, his passing numbers for the year. Did 17 of 36, 109 I yards, mean, no touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, he did start or a few Three games. yards per attempt. Yeah, he was kind of in and out of the starting lineup for them. Um, Mostly out. They had kind of the quarterback carousel. Although I saw Terry Wilson is entering the portal, so that's another QB in the transfer portal. 
I think, so he may actually get to start next year. I don't know. Here's my – I'm going to throw this out there. We need more stars because he was a four-star recruit. Was he, though? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and that's – yeah, that's the point. We yeah. need thir- – there need to be ten stars, not not five. The dude Because Bo not- Nix was a five-star quarterback and also Trevor Lawrence was a five-star quarterback. And they are not the same. Well, that's like, why they have the uh, the the rankings, though. He was not even close to uh, him in the. Uh, but the, the, the but rankings. no one no one goes. Oh, you know he's a ninety six on the twenty four seven composite. No one says that. They say, oh, I'm a five star quarterback. So I want there to be more stars because somebody needs to be. There needs to be a better delineation of. Okay, Bo Nix is really a high five versus a low five, or whatever. You could say, oh, he's a seven star. Trevor Lawrence is a 10. You're always just going to have human error involved, though. I mean, that's – I think Crow went out to Texas and got used to having uh, eight classifications of football. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, man, we just now got 6A a couple years ago. We've been doing 5A Division I, 5A Division (laughs) II forever. Oh, my God. Well, for years there was no classification. It was just the little schools and, you know, some like 8,000 students mammoth metroplex school yeah if you played 11 man football you played in the same division up until like the 70s then they started doing the classifications but they never got above 5a literally until like 2010 and then they just now started doing a 6a so you'd be 5a school and there'd be 8,000 kids in it and there'd be another 5a school with 2,000 kids yeah those are both big schools but one is 8,000 kids all right, let's take a quick break, come back, and we'll do a little more coaching rumors. We'll talk about my favorite coaching rumor and do hoops. You hear that airplane landing on my house? And we're back. <laughs> 26 minutes, 26 seconds into this delightful podcast. Light, fluffy podcast. A little New Year's of listening. Everybody on the Mondayest Monday of Mondays, the Monday after New Year's. Guys, my favorite thing that's happened is the house is a bit has been cleaned. Alan Green has somewhat asserted himself as the man, the adult in the room. And what that means is the old way of doing things has passed away. Behold. He's making all things new, and no one has any sources anymore. There's no leaks. All of a sudden, yeah, it's great. All of a sudden, we went from being the school where you could find out every anything. Everybody was talking constantly all the time. The boosters knew what was going on, and they would tell you they would have a account on Rivals, and they would be posting inside information. Now, <laughs> none of that's happening because those dudes have been shut out. This is great for everybody but people hosting a podcast about Auburn sports. But it's great. Can you imagine if we were paid to make these things up, though? I, you know what I'd probably do? I'd probably start saying things a lot like, I'm hearing that maybe a few offensive players might be transferring if some offensive staff members are not retained. Oh, you mean a bunch of nonsense? That that could be anything. yeah. yeah. I'm hearing that Del McGee might be coming to coach here because he once played here and is was on a staff here once. And he's I'm hearing op- there are people obvious. interested in Del McGee. Yeah, there's a lot of people interested. I heard we were going to hire Heath Evans, but well, I know he wants the job. You know, he's, he's really in shape. He is really in shape. Doesn't believe in concussions. Seems like a guy you want around. I've done ring fit for four straight days. I think that. Uh, <laughs> Makes me uh, uh, qualified, right? <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I've heard they just hired the dude from 24-7. They should just hire a nerd at Auburn. Yeah, man. Stalk those guys on Twitter. I would love that to happen, nerd. This, this is me for you. Hoping that I want to manifest that into existence. At AU Nerd, Auburn Recruiting Coordinator. <laughs> I'll be in charge of going down to Cedar Hill and getting that Oklahoma wide receiver who's transferring. 
Yeah, about Rambo? Yeah, he's just from down the down the road in Cedar Hill, guys. He's from the Chill, as it's called. Might need to go drop off a couple bags. All right, so um, I just wanted to say that it's nice to be in a place where nobody, nobody from other teams can just go on Twitter and see exactly how awful things are, have gotten at Auburn. Just it's nice. Thanks, Alan Green, for cleaning up the house. <laughs> it's a new day, as my two, 2013 DVD that I found yesterday says. All right, basketball. So, Will, are we supposed to feel good about losing to Arkansas in Texas a <laughs> I mean, uh, no, but um, especially after what they did Saturday. Um, yeah, that was one of those games, you know, that Auburn, there were several chances early in that game. Arkansas could run away with that game, and Auburn kept battling back. They got the game tied with, like, eight minutes to go. And then they started playing, like, freshmen, like we were – expecting basically and they just couldn't stop turning the ball over they couldn't make shots and Arkansas being the older more experienced team they made the plays down the stretch to win the game okay <laughs> I know I mean this is a funny this is a this is an Auburn basketball team that is very reminiscent of an NBA team that's like a year away from having the really good draft pick or whatever like where you're like all right we're just kind of Kind of building something. We're going to see how these guys turn into something. We got them on a couple of your deals. Um, but you kind of do want to see home home wins still. Like you can't expect these guys, these young guys to go out and win games like at A&M. That's a, that's a pretty tough game to win. But you kind of want to beat Arkansas at home. It's a little bit different when the jungle's not there. I think yeah. that, that I mean I'm not saying that they would have won the game if the full jungle was there, but uh, definitely would have made a difference. And quite frankly, this first week of SEC play, a lot of road teams have won. Um, so home home court advantage is not exactly a thing this year, and uh, it's going to take some time getting used to that for sure. I was very pleased with the team fighting after what may have been the ugliest basketball first half I've ever watched against A&M and coming back and trying to, and trying to claw that one back. And I feel bad for my, my adult son, Justin Powell getting hurt. Um, I want to know more about that. I want to know if he's going to be playing against Ole Miss on Wednesday. I want to know how's his brain feeling. Like did we have, I haven't heard anything about it. I just know he was hurt. I, I saw a video uh, from somebody that, he was running backwards and he collided with stretch. So, well, I thought he hit his head have, on the court. Well, it may have it may have hit stretch and then hit his head on the court, but he went to the Oof. ground after he ran to stretch. It was uh, like late in the first half, but yeah, he definitely wasn't right, and that's definitely a big concern going into Wednesday, for sure. Because the team doesn't really, with the transfer of Turbo Jones. If Sharif is not freed today or tomorrow and Justin Powell is not going to play. That's Alan Flanagan playing the point for 40 minutes. Yeah, because there are 20 minutes in a collegiate basketball half, and he played all 20 of them in the second half against Texas Yes, he did. Or Ryan gets his wish and he gets Jalen Williams' point guard. Yeah. Well, look, (laughs) looking at the stats, that's what he needs to be playing. Some gun had what seven assists in the second eight, half. Seven assists to two turnovers, and he only shot the ball three times. But yeah, point God, Jalen Williams. Yeah. Now, as the as the guy that has the Jalen Williams fan account, I'm going to say this: Jalen Williams has got to be more selfish, and he's got to look to score more. Taking three shots, as good as he is, is not going to cut it. And especially three threes. Yeah. How, how often has a center? A starting five, not taking a single two in a game that he didn't get hurt in. Here's the secret: he's not really a five. Yeah, but <laughs> well, you know, well, you're playing him there. Yeah, but that that's on defense I, more importantly than offense. <laughs> but he's uh, good at shooting in the paint. Sure, but you also got a three who is six foot ten with a seven foot four wingspan, so he might also take some more shots in the paint than Jalen Williams. Yeah, yeah. 
sure. that might help. But Jalen's a lot better at the basket, at least right now. Don't do not come on this podcast and slander <laughs> the god of war. Yeah, I will slander him for taking a twenty foot two or whatever it was. He's twenty. <laughs> he's he's like he's sixteen years old. Or whatever, and he's out there. He's probably eighteen at this point. Just he's out there trying his best, and by the time this season's over, hopefully, he's not on NBA on NBA draft radars, and we get to have him next year when he's actually like gained some more weight. Yeah, we get to see a, maybe a full season of him running the top of the one three one trap. Oh, sweet my God, baby was- Moses. That was my favorite part of that game. Oh boy! Yeah, I was the whole. It's frustrating because Auburn. These were both coin flip games. I mean, yeah, the A and M game was just a two score game tied with what two seconds to go. Well, ESPN A and M or the Arkansas game. You know, I've been doing that post game win expectancy. Which have I explained what that is on the pod yet? Uh, You have not. Go ahead. We got plenty of post game win expectancy. Really quick is just taking a look at a couple key stats. Um, Bill Connolly does it for college football, so I kind of used his model, but I, I used the four factors uh, for basketball and basically just looking at those stats, not the actual score of the game, and b- determine how likely it was that Auburn would have won that game. So, looking at effective field goal percentage, offensive rebounding, turnover rate, and free throw attempts per field goal attempt. And for the Arkansas game, Auburn. Post-game win expectancy was 47%. In a game you lose by 12, it shouldn't be that close. Mm-hmm. Um, turnovers. It was. Yeah, it was just turnovers. I mean, Auburn... Had back three throws in the first half. Auburn outshot Arkansas. Like 65% to 56% effective field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. You should win that game yeah. nine times out of ten. Yeah. And, not, and it, it, over, it shouldn't be close. Yeah, when you turn it over as much as Auburn did, I mean, that gave Arkansas an extra eight possessions, basically. So, you know, like th- that's what we're talking about with a young team being a young team. And when you don't have actual point guard on your team. Right. Like, no, you turn the ball over a lot. Not only a young team, there's not a guy on your team you recruit to play point. Like, and, your, your three best players, arguably, I know Crow's going to disagree here, but Powell, Flanagan, and Williams had 17 turnovers. Mm. That's rough. I'm going to disagree only because I don't think Jalen Williams has been in your top three this far in the season. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the problem. I think JT Thor has been a better, a more, uh, a better player on both ends of the court. I Game think part of it for Jalen too. <laughs> I think part of it for Jalen too is he gets in foul trouble too much. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you seem like you turn around, he's got two fouls in the first four or five minutes, and he just can't ever seem to get in the game after that point for whatever reason. It's I frustrating. Think, I think it's a mistake to play him at the five. And far be it for me to question uh, Bruce, but would you be starting stretch? Just, I guess you're trying. If you're trying to get your five best players on the floor, that's where he's got to start. But I don't. I don't know. I'd almost. I think Thor's probably a better three point shooter than him. So I don't. I don't guess you put him at the five. It's only been 22% from three on the year. Who, Jalen? Thor. Jalen's been 34%, which that's no, respectable. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It isn't as hilarious to watch him shoot threes, though. No. Thor is this hilarious, <laughs> like, holy moly, this guy is shooting threes? When he makes it, it's great. Because the guy guarding him was like six feet tall. Like, Okay. The scarecrow is going to shoot this three. It's going to go in. It's fun watching him play. I, I just I don't think he's suited for the five. I think that's that's a big problem. Well, the only guy who on the team who is stretch and really stretch is the more he's the better version of what Horace Spencer was able to give the team in terms of just ultra high energy shot blocking. Sure, alpha defense. And without it, you come in, you're like, hey, I got five fouls, and I'm only playing 12 minutes. I'm going to use every single one of these bad boys. Yeah, sure. And that's great for a Horace Spencer or a Stretch Akimbola. It's you can't start that guy though, Cause, right? Because right. then you lose that whole thing. Now, I will say, if Dylan Cardwell steps up, maybe he becomes that, and then you can right. start Stretch. 
then who do you so, send to the bench? You guys know. are still right, though. But we, so Jalen's been starting at the five, but between Stretch and Cardwell, they've been playing 31 minutes a game. Yeah. And those are those are both centers. So Cardwell's... So of, of Jalen's 25 minutes a game, he's only playing nine at the, at the five. I'm going to get really weird right here. Cardwell's butt is gigantic. <laughs> and it really is. Big dude. And I, that... that aspect adds to him looking like a giant baby out aspect, there. Aspect. Pun intended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a it's it's phenomenal the level of talent that is on this roster for an Auburn basketball team. Um and it, I, I don't want to take that lightly again. Like we are not we are light years more talented than we were this point five years ago. Mm-hmm. At every spot, Bruce is playing. He's still playing ten guys. Yeah, and he's missing his best, maybe his best player. Yeah, I think he. I think he would play eleven if if he had Sharif. I think um, you're right. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, think they, any of these guys are not going to play when. Sharif who's comes not back. earning minutes? Like Chris Moore is earning minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, and look. It's easy to say, well, one guy is not going to change things the way they've gone, but having a point guard out there to bring the ball up the floor so that just to keep them honest, like these guys are able, they trap every time somebody has the ball. Everybody we play is doing it. And it's because they know these guys are not that comfortable with bringing the ball up the floor. Yeah. Or, or running the offense. And if we have a guy that is, they have to play more honest, and it and, and it can really open things up. Yeah. Uh, plus, if we can, you know, add 15 more points a game, uh, that would be pretty sweet. I would also say Javon Franklin is earning minutes. Yeah. And Javon, Franklin, Javon Franklin played super well this week, I think. And, like, uh, to the extent where I was watching the game against A&M, and I was like, I forgot what number he wears, and I'm watching the game on my phone. So it's not like I can read everyone's jersey. I'm like, who is Son of a Gun for? That dude is playing. And then they zoomed in. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Williams, he's playing, he's playing his tail off. Like it was, it was, so he stood out to me in that game for stretches where I was like, we need to be, where'd this guy come from? We need to be giving him more minutes. But I immediately thought to myself, well, who the heck is he going to, like, who's going to sit? Who's he taking minutes from? And that's the only thing when you play 10, 11 guys, it's like, you got these guys, it's like, oh, we, they need to play more. Well, then who do you sit? Because you Especially, can't, you like, know, look, Devin, exactly. Devin Cambridge, people want to whine about his offensive game. He's been one of the best defensive players on the team for the last he, week. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, this last week he, he had a couple of pretty good games or really good games. Um, and his defensive yes. box, his defensive box scores and stuff are really good this year. Like he's not a guy you want to sit just because you need somebody who has played Division One A college basketball on your defense at some point. So one quick thing about Devin Cambridge: last season away from Auburn Arena in SEC play, he did not make a single three pointer. He's off the schneid. He made one finally Saturday, and I feel like once he made that three, he really got engaged in the game, late, especially late in that game. Uh, you know, he had that interception, the steal over there by Buzz Williams, and yeah, he was definitely out of bounds, but considering Buzz Williams was on the court yeah. almost the entire yeah. game, it, it cancels out, in my opinion. But, yeah. uh, he was just being that, a 12th man. Yeah, for real. And then, you know, he made five three-pointers against Arkansas. So, you know, I thought Devin stepped up. And one other guy we haven't mentioned, oh, by the way, who averaged 20 and a half points this week, Jamal Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Jamal, Johnson has really, Jamal Johnson has really, really stepped up and – I remember Crow in, in our group chat the other other day was like, we really need somebody to step up and start shooting the ball. And Jamal Johnson, there's a chat, and he starts knocking down threes, and they start getting back in the game. But, you know, for a guy that we really didn't know what to expect out of this year after uh, last season, the struggles he had, he's gotten a lot better on defense, and he's knocking down shots. And if he can do that, he's a guy that's going to be a force in this league. And it's, it's a really one of those pleasant surprises that we really don't talk about because we talk so much about Justin Powell now and Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Jamal Johnson I actually took 27 shots in two games this week. <laughs> I actually think there's a case to be made that Alan Flanagan is our best player this year and Jamal Johnson is our second best. That's a, I mean, 
you're not going on huge on a huge limb. <laughs> Alan Flanagan has been a godsend because if he didn't take the quantum leap that he took, I don't know where this yeah. offense is. I don't know who's who's scoring buckets for us. I don't know where this offense came from. Like I, <laughs> I don't know how uh, like how he could go from being as not to be mean, but just abysmal on offense last year yeah. to to this. Um, I mean, he's well, going to get his his fifteen a game. Like it's it's going to happen, and yeah. you're not going to stop I, him. I, I'd like to think he was shooting against Isaac Okoro all summer. I, I mean, yeah. it could be Isaac was here, and I think you know last year he if he was starting or if he was the first man off the bench, he is the last scoring option on every lineup he was in last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he does not have that luxury anymore. He needs to be somebody we look to. And I think he knew that going into the into the off season. And and yeah. and really, really worked at it. I'm 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 proud of him. I'm, yeah. I'm grateful that we uh that we have him and that there's a, a fun player named Flanagan again. Cause that, yeah. Yeah. You know, I as as one of the olds in the in the crew, Wes Flanagan was one of the first basket Auburn basketball players I remember. It was Wesley Person, and then it was it was Flanagan. Um, so it's it's to me it's a, that part's a lot of fun. Wes played for Tommy Joe Eagle, didn't he? The greatest Auburn coach name ever, by the way. <laughs> I believe so. I believe he may have even been on one of Cliff Ellis's first teams. I think that's right for sure. Because um, I want to say Wes was on a team with the governor, Franklin Williams. Uh, Pat Burke, I think, was on some of those. And uh, my one of my favorite players that never gets talked about anymore is Lance Weems. Who, oh, yeah. If he Old came Weems. along now, Lance Weems would shoot 10 to 15 threes a game. And he would be averaging at least 20 points because – it, it was, just, you know, it was a different time. And I, I believe there was, it was the year after Arkansas won the national title that they came to the Coliseum and Weems hit, I think 10 threes in that game and blew and we blew out Arkansas. One Oh four ninety. Now, yep. Will, what do we know about this year's old Miss team? Look at the um, show notes right here. I'll, I'll give you the, a, a couple of hints. Ryan tells us that um, Auburn is the number 64 offense in America going against the number 14 defense in America. And that Ole Miss allows a paltry 45.5 EFG. And that's not going to be good for Auburn. No, it's definitely not. Um, Going into last week's game with Alabama, Ole Miss was the number one score defense in the country um, at the time. Now, granted, their competition was not great. But, they play the turnout. Uh, well, don't don't forget that Kermit has uh, versus number pretty much. We've beaten them except once, last year, right? Well, we only beat them, we beat them the one time, right? I thought I, we I we know we oh, okay. we uh, we swept them last year. All right, overtime. The, previous, the year we went to the final four, they swept us. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, if they beat us, we got a chance for the final four this year. It, yep, that's what exactly yeah, what I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, as far as their team, um, Brian Tyree is gone. It's Devontae Shuler's team now. He's our leading scorer. Uh, they have a grad transfer uh, in the front court from Arizona State named Romello White. And uh, he's made a, quite a big impact on their t- uh, team this year. He's their leading rebounder. He's also averaging double figures. K.J. Buffin's back. Um, I feel like K.J. Buffin has big games against Auburn every time he plays us. So... Um, it's, it, you know, Brian mentioned toss up game for Arkansas and in last week. I think this is another toss up game this week. Well, drat. Their, their, uh, <laughs> turnover rate on defense is what scares me. They're, they, they make you turn the ball over a lot. And, uh, as we saw the last two games, that's kind of been our downfall. Yeah. That's why we need JT Thor to handle the ball. Yeah. It, it it's gonna, it could be a lot like the A&M game. Um, because of their defense, I, I just kind of expected it. Expect going, I'm going into it expecting it to look like that, and 
I mean, if we make some plays, it, it could be another t- a coin flip game and we can win. So maybe we just out height them because there's no way they're as tall as Auburn. Like, there's not many teams out there that are this year. I know Auburn's one of the tallest teams in the country now. There, uh, if I remember the Auburn Observer right, there are nine teams that are taller than Auburn on average. And there was a, a year in Jeff Lebo's era where Auburn was the shortest team in Division mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember it well. Our and Jeff Lebo was a coach for the UTC mocks that uh, Auburn hired uh, for some reason. It was a good uh, hire. It was a good yeah, hire. It was a good hire. I liked a lot of aspects of Lebo, um, and honestly, his first team—they starting center was six six Quan Prowell, who had been a a wing the year before. Uh, Nathan Watson was our power forward. Yeah, uh, at at six, six at a four. He six showed four. up. Yeah. He showed up he with six four. He showed up with NCAA baggage. It had an open tryout for positions on the team. On campus because they had none of scholarships. They had open tryouts, and it was so bad that I sat courtside every game that year, my freshman year in '04, because nobody else was going to the games, and they weren't horrible. They weren't horrible. I thought they were. I thought they were one of my favorite players to this day is Quantez Robertson. Oh, for sure. He wasn't. He wasn't very good, but he really, really, really played hard. He led the conference in steals. He did. He's still playing, by the way. As I say, he's in Germany, Crow. For the Fraport. I saw him play for the Fraport Skyliners. Did you? He was one of my favorite players. Him cool. and Frank Tolbert. Frank Tolbert, Frankie Twelve Fingers was my favorite player. Because he had 12 fingers. There, there was also a team where we ended up where Nate Watson was your best player on the team uh, at one point, and that was not good. But, uh, that's Nate. That's my boy. But <laughs> All right. So on defense, Auburn's got the 91-ranked defense in the country versus Ole Miss's 91st-ranked offense. That matches up well. Ole Miss is pretty good offensive rebounding team. I'm going to let Ryan say this. Ryan, how are they shooting threes? Oh, they're awful. They're 28% on the year. We should have no problem. Oh, no. It's going to break. Guys, the only way to to break a jinx is to break it, Chief. (laughs) The only way to break a jinx is to break it. This time. Look, Auburn is a good three-point defense, too. We're keeping teams under 30%. That's good for 63rd in the country. Doubling down, right? Yes. I, I know. Ryan. Because we have length Ryan. You got JT Thor that can guard in the perimeter, and how do you shoot over that? You can't. He's the size of a house. Maybe we'll play 1-3-1. One, one a house made awesome. out of wicker. Man. <laughs> All right. Then Auburn goes and plays 36-ranked in Ken Palm, Alabama Crimson Tide on ESPN2. This is the only time I've been worried about losing to this stupid team in years because they are riding a hot streak. Guys, if Alabama's going to win at Auburn, it's going to be this year. If they can't if they can't do it Saturday, I don't know if they can. Um, this, this Alabama team... They showed on Saturday that they can play with anybody in the country. They went to Tennessee and knocked off the balls, who, quite frankly, I thought were head and shoulders above everybody in the league. And uh, John Petty did not miss from three. My hope is John Petty got all of his three-point shooting out of the way, and yeah, he I won't mean. be able to do that in Auburn on Saturday. But um, it's a very inconsistent team, but there's so much talent, and there's so much talk preseason about how great they are, and then they go lose a couple non-conference games and – People are writing them off, but yeah, they're 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 coming in hot. Uh, they play Florida on Tuesday night, so that's really going to be an interesting game. We'll be interested to see how they match up there before they play Auburn on Saturday. But yeah, if, if this is this is one I'm concerned about too, for sure. But they get up and down the court, which yes, they're a fast team, and I think that helps Auburn in some ways. Like you, yeah. Auburn's better off Agreed. against a team like that than they are against a team that wants to slow you down. Like AM did, like Ole Miss is going to try to do. Ugh. Yeah, I agree. Awful. They better be careful, though. Saban might you know, get the rules changed, just slow them down a little bit. My it's hope, not safe for these athletes. My hope is that Auburn runs them out of the gym um, with JT Thor scoring like 35. And this is the game where he really takes off as the Slim Reaper Kevin Durant clone that he might be. Or, or you know what? 
we don't need him to be. I know that um, Ferg talked about how he has the same dimensions as Giannis from a height and length yeah. length standpoint. We don't need him to be Giannis. We just need to be like Thanasis, Giannis's brother, <laughs> one of the other Antetokounmpo's who's playing in the NBA. If he could just be yeah. that good, is that one of those like minor Greek gods? No, there's like he kind of shows up with some stories. No, but Giannis like... has like three other brothers, and they're all in the NBA or in the G League. Like, there's four Antetokounmpo brothers. Who are this guy's parents? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Zeus got busy again, and just... <laughs> we played one of them a couple of years ago when because uh, one of yes. them was Dayton. Yes, oh, wow, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Giannis was the first one to make it, and then the other guys, his brothers, were like, "Oh, basketball, let's do that." Guess what? You're all good <laughs> enough to go to play pro. So it's kind of like it's not the same thing as Pogasol and then his brother playing for like. Briarwood, Mark, <laughs> Mark actually was incredible. He is incredible, and maybe better than Paul. This is more like your brother's incredible. You're super tall. Can you play on our G League team? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you will also grow three inches after we after we draft you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Javon is it like Quinterly one is one of them having a kid, and then we get them to lead a team. <laughs> no, we just want JT Thor. We want JT Thor to love Auburn so much that his kids come to Auburn too. All right, oh, key player for Alabama. I want to talk about Javon Quinterly because if anybody can understand what Sharif Cooper's going through, because he, he went through the same thing, right? Like they just didn't rule on him for the whole season. Somewhat, yeah, because yeah. um, he was at Villanova. He left Villanova after a year, and they waited quite a while to get a ruling on him, and eventually they ruled against him. But um, not for like into a conference play or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was it was like January. Yeah, what a that joke! The NCAA, NCAA knows when these seasons start. Like, it didn't sneak up on them. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Sharif. I want to. I want to say this. It's really funny to me how you haven't heard a whole lot of national media guys talk about the Sharif situation. You don't hear it from the ESPN guys, quite frankly. No, they if just Sharif tell Cooper, you you're sitting there. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't tell you why. Yeah, if Sharif, but but let me ask you this: If Sharif Cooper was at Duke or Kansas or Kentucky or any of these schools, you know darn well that every ESPN personality would be on. Line every single day begging for them their eligibility to be cleared, or that again, or that they something that. happens. Either. Yeah, I I feel like several years ago, Ennis Cantor not getting cleared at Kentucky was a much bigger story. That's what I was going to yeah. bring up was Ennis Cantor because he did the whole he did a whole year too. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous, and he literally played professional basketball in Turkey. That wasn't like a. There was no gray area. Yeah. The dude played pro basketball yeah. in Turkey. Yeah. Is he the one up. that was like enemy of the president? Currently, yes. He's, he yeah, cannot he go back. Yeah, He can't leave the country. Oh, him, he and Erdogan are uh, not uh, not friendly? No, because he uh, said, hey, Erdogan, you stink. Yeah. Oh, so he, did, oh, he didn't do a, a Mesut Ozil, Ozil Jink Tosin. No, uh, he's the opposite of Mesut Ozil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. I've always thought when you could be the opposite of Mesodozel, you should be the opposite of Mesodozel. Yeah, absolutely. I don't believe that's a real name. Mesodozel is a Turkish-German player who plays for the German national team and does really well and then plays for Arsenal in the Premier League and does really poorly. So, well, I, I, I wouldn't do much of anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> does not play for them at all anymore. Yeah. It's interesting because when, when he plays for the German national team, when they let him play, for the German national team, that's pretty well. But then he's kind of been blackballed because he came out in favor of the dictator in Turkey. Just had his picture made with it. It is a weird thing. Anyway. I can't wait for this podcast to be banned in Turkey. That's the name (laughs) of this episode, uh, Jack, banned in Turkey. I hear Istanbul's pretty cool. I want to go to the restaurant, Barak's restaurant, my guy, that I share the tweets of all the time. (laughs) All right. That's all I got. You guys got anything else you want to add in the podcast today besides pissing off third world dictators? Turkey's not third world. No. <laughs> Turkey's a first world country. Erdogan might be better than most of the people at the NCAA. So. That's true. NCAA, you're worse than Erdogan. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I don't think Mike has anything to do with it. Erdogan has got a plan. 
I'll get banned <laughs> in Indianapolis. I don't care. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we're going to the Final Four this year, so who cares? Say what you will. Say what you will about the tenets of, of <laughs> Turkish nationalism, but at least it's an ethos, dude. <laughs> it's you know, as we said on the article where we realized Sharif was not going to get cleared. Um, well, I'm not going to say it. It's just uh, one of the greatest hits of NWA. Yeah, there you go. All right, with that, we're out of here. Let's hopefully we get we get Sharif back. For Ryan and Chief and Will and James, this is Son of Crow saying, have a War Eagle weekend. Bonus. <laughs>